Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 15th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in forward to second edition, the third paragraph on page Roman numeral XX that begins alcoholic being no respecter of persons through two paragraphs ending on page XXI with uh, join us on the high road to a new freedom. Today's readers are Esther F., Rebecca B., Ivini M., Nancy R., and Lynn S. Our newcomer greeter is Zinga P. The reference number for Wednesday, December 14, 2016 is 935. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Rebecca B. to read the 12 Traditions. Thanks, Rebecca. Rebecca, good morning. It's Rebecca B. from Boston, a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous, should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service bodies or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me do service. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Rebecca B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in forward to second edition, the third paragraph on page Roman numeral XX that begins, alcoholic being no respecter of persons, through two paragraphs ending on page XXI with join us on the high road to a new freedom. I will ask Erdini M. to begin reading. Thank you, Rebecca, for your loving service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Erdini M. from New York, 
and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Alcohol, being no respecter of persons, we are an accurate cross-section of America and in distant lands. The same democratic evening up process is now going on. By personal religious affiliation, we include Catholics, Protestants, Jews, Hindus, and a sprinkling of Muslims and Buddhists. More than 15% of us are women. At present, our membership is pyramiding at the rate of about 20% a year. So far, upon the total problem of several million actual and potential alcoholics in the world, we have made only a scratch. In all probability, we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of the alcohol problem in all its ramifications. Upon therapy from the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet, it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the highway road to a free freedom. Good morning everyone um, and anybody anybody in in any group from anywhere in the world can be an alcoholic nobody is immune from this disease because it touches people in all kinds of groups it can touch anybody but the miracle is no matter who has this specific problem also has the same specific solution, which is going through the steps to have a spiritual awakening. So for anyone on this line that is new and has been searching for an answer to their problem of compulsive overeating, or even those that have been relapsed from compulsive overeating, may find great hope in this divinely written book, from despair, there is hope. If I, if I don't have hope, then I have nothing. Hope is my oxygen, and I need it to survive. Hope is what strengthens me. Hope is what fuels me and encourages me to go on. Hope helps me to connect and to shift into the light of the spirit. Hope is what shines light onto my path and leads me to a new freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from the bondage of self. Freedom from a prisoner of my thoughts, from compulsive overeating. Freedom from being pulled out of that quicksand. Hope is a gift of life, and accepting this gift allows me to no longer have doubt but to learn how to trust and rely on a power greater than myself that will always protect me, just as long as I hold on tightly and focus on my higher power, which I choose to call God, and will always have a hold on me. So hope is the anchor of my soul. It's putting all my confidence into something I deeply know within my innermost being. 
The breath of God is in this book, and therefore the life of God is in this book. And that is why this book comes alive for us, because it is God who is giving us a message of hope through examples of our fellows in this book, in our meetings, in our families, and in our own testimonies. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irenia. There's some noise on the line, and it's causing an echo for me. So if need be, I might clear the line. But let's see whether or not whoever was unmuted can mute, unless you just want to give me your name because you'd like to share and then mute. This is Bella. Can I share? Hi, Bella. Hi, Bella. Hi, Shannon F. F. Shannon F. F. Okay. Shannon. Tina F. Kds. Wait one second. Let me just get who I think I remember. Uh, there was Shannon F. And then, you know what? You all went out of my head. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Okay, let me tell okay, you, let you who me I tell have. You who I have. And I have a problem because I, I have an echo. Bella, Harlan, Larry, Shannon, and then there were about three people that I didn't write down. Tina F. Melissa C. Tina F. Melissa C. Did I hear Katie? Yes, Katie S. Katie S. Okay, and then were there some others? Okay. Great. Um, I don't hear that echo anymore. So go ahead, Bella G. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, this is the paragraph of hope, and hope is the motivation of this book the motivation for recovery. And if I can do it, everybody can do it. Um, on the high road to a new freedom, a new freedom. And yes, today, thank you, God, I live in a new freedom, a freedom from what? A freedom from believing in wrong beliefs a freedom from being lying to myself and to others, a freedom from being not honest, not to myself and not to others. Today, thank you, God, I live in freedom. Yes, still I came to the program. I was in my own prison. And I put myself in this prison when I believed that God because always I believed in God, but I believed that God put me in prison. In prison, I believe that God is the bad one, the punishing one. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Today, I am not there anymore. Today, I live in freedom. And today, yes, I am connected to a loving and accepting power. And yes, today, today I know I am human and God created me human and I am not perfect I will not be perfect 
and nobody is perfect. And yes, today I have the tools to be able to pose and, you know, because I still have my character defect. And yes, I still have to work on my mistakes that I am doing. And today, thank you, God, I have the tools to be able to pose and not to stay in the anger, in the resentment, in the fear. Today, I live in freedom. Today, I am connected to a loving, accepting power, and I have to, the tools how to deal with those feelings that they are not comfortable, but I don't have to stay there. And this is the freedom, one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Harlan G. Thank you. Good morning, Team Thursday. Thank you for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard? You can, Harlan G. This is a disease that is mind over matter. This disease doesn't mind killing us, and we don't matter to it. This is a disease that brings us together in a way that is unbelievable. It says on page 17, we are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. We are people who have been thrown together by our higher power to form a magical fellowship. There is the program in the book. There is the program in the fellowship. Unfortunately, for some of us, the program in the fellowship has changed dramatically. But we speak and understand the language of the heart. I was having a conversation I think last night or the night before with a friend and she and I were talking and we were talking about the depth of the conversations that we can have instantly with people in this program that you can't have with people outside. I have friends of mine that I have known for half a century and there are people on this line right now that know me better than they do. I love them. I know everything about them. They know everything about me but I can talk to you and you can talk to me about things that they would never understand. Thank God we have each other. Thank God we don't have to work this program in isolation. Thank God for Overeaters Anonymous. This is the greatest way of life in the world, and I have found that the people in this program, are every one of you are my teachers. And to quote the title of Roseanne's book, this life is a life beyond our wildest dreams. We have each other to communicate with. We have each other to cry with. We have each other to laugh with. And that is a God-given gift that most people will never have. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Harlan G. Larry K. Uh, thanks so much for your service. Can I? Can you hear me? Okay. Sure can. Okay, great. Um, Larry K. Recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know I, what stuck out to me was the notion of you know hardly scratching the surface. We, um, you know, this this disease. Uh, you know, we, I don't have to look around the Chicago area very far to see just how pervasive this disease is. And um, you know, what a gift that you know, we have the opportunity to come in here and recover. And, you know, I, I like to draw a distinction, for me anyway, is is the difference between the concepts of know how and know what. You know, the latter, you know, know what being more elusive and, and more prone to intellectualization. I, I tried to intellectualize this 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 thing. You know, I tried to rationalize it and understand it in, in scientific terms, and it just wasn't to be. And, you know, know what deals with, you know, the idea of, you, you know, I had a head full of, uh, of literature uh, prior to experiencing the spiritual awakening. You know, we hear and read the words and immediately try to conceptualize on what, the, what this means to, you know, within my frame of reference. And, you know, know how is, is tied to an experience. Now I've had the experience. I just had to do the work and I would have an experience. So now when I tell people about my experience, it, it might coincide with others, you know, others' um, experience as well, but, but I had an experience of change, of dramatic change, not in one moment in time, but it unfolded over time. And, you know, there's no question that that change has occurred. And I've, I've, I believe I've been brought into alignment, better alignment, closer human alignment, with the higher power of my own understanding so that I don't, I don't think the way I used to think. I don't, I don't feel generally the way I used to feel. And I definitely don't act the way I used to act. I don't, I don't binge my brains out. I don't tear people up, chew them up and spit them out. I, when I catch myself in resentment, fear, judgment, jealousy, dishonesty, God gives me a pause in which to look at myself. Um, I never had that pause before. These steps, I'll just wrap up by saying, these steps worked in sequence, followed precisely in the big book, not a watered-down message, but precisely in the big book, imperfectly as only a human can, result in a change. And one of the things with the change is the obsession of the mind is driven out. It's driven out. And then we're not, when, you're, when you're not battling with this, from moment to moment. You don't have to armor up to battle with this, the energy we put out to battle with this. Of course, we begin to change. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out physically. That happened to me. And we straighten out mentally. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry K. Shannon F. Shannon F., did I hear you correctly? This is Shannon F. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Um, This is Shannon F. from Freeze Your Butt Off, Minnesota, but thankfully I'm inside where it's warm and with you guys on the line. Um, What comes to mind today is that this disease doesn't care 
Um, if you are white, black, purple, polka dotted, doesn't matter. It doesn't care if you have Jimmy Choo's on your feet and a Louis Vuitton purse um, coming from whatever high-end status or if you have holes in your clothing. And, um, you know, I would say Goodwill sneakers. doesn't matter. And actually that's the beauty of it because that we all have that same disease that it forces us all to get along or get in one room, find out that we all want recovery and figure out a way how to be nice to each other and make that go into the rest of our lives. So we set aside all the things that we look at as differences. We take a look at what is our commonalities. And in order to be in this cool kids club, all you have to do is be sick and want the desire to quit eating. And that's the way I look at it. And the fact that I have this disease has forced me to get over my superficial area of looking and judging at somebody and being willing to see, like, what is the story to this person and what are some of the benefits that they um, have in their personality that they could give me and vice versa, how we can have this wonderful exchange. So we get to leave out religious affiliations and we pretty much get to be this rainbow of this eclectic group of people in one room trying to get our spiritual remedy so that we're not a bunch of kooks anymore. Well, at least we can be a bunch of kooks for a good cause instead of a bunch of kooks for just self-centered ways of living. So I keep looking at this um, this fellowship more and more, and I'm so grateful for Vision for You that we have strength and we have consistency where it's allowed me to come back and really see the true miracle that this program has to offer. And um, coming in at age 19 and now being 27, I really needed that for that period of time. So with that, I want to thank you guys for being here and giving your energy towards this because without you guys, I can't recover. So with that, I pass. Thanks, guys. Happy Thursday. Thank you, Shannon S. Tina S. Thanks, Rebecca. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, Some really great stuff. You know, uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, too, and I think it's already been shared, is that, you know, it says that we shall never be able to touch more than a fair fraction of the alcohol problem and all its ramifications. You know, and then it goes on to say that, you know, upon therapy for the alcoholic, you know, upon treatment, you know, um, we, we, we don't have a monopoly. You know, we're not exclusive here. And I say that mostly for myself because uh, for years I thought this was the answer and the only answer, thank you very much. And so I have to remind myself that this is an answer that works for me. But, you know, it also goes on to say if you have not found an answer yet, you know, then our hope, it's our desire, okay, is that, that this will work for you also. You know, and what that is, is a solution to a problem, which is an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And I certainly do not have the power. So lack of power is my dilemma, you know. And then it goes on to say, to begin to find one, an answer in the pages of this book, you know, and it tells us that in the book, you know, that further on in this book, we hope, you know, that you will find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem. You know, and I, again, say that for me because I always thought, used to think he'll help me or the power will help me solve my problem. No, it says, which will solve your problem. And so, therefore, you know, I, I continue to like what I'm getting here. 
so I'm going to continue to come and continue to do what works. And, um, you know, and there are no vacations, you know. And that's the good news or the bad news. For me, it's the good news today. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Melissa C. You're up. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, at, at first glance when I, you know, when I read that this um, alcohol is no respecter of man, you know, and food is no respecter of, of man, um, I'd see it like negative, like, oh, my God, you know, food hates us all. You know, it, 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 this disease is terrible and it, you know, it, it destroys us all. And yet, um, it really has turned out to be the greatest gift of my life, you know, having this disease, having this compulsion, um, this major problem that I could not get over has been like truly God's gift to me. And, you know, I used to roll my eyes when people said things like that, when they talked about gratitude, um, you know, and, but I really feel it today to the very ounce of my being because, um, it has blown my life apart, you know, and so I can feel tremendous connection to um, all sorts of people in the world that I would never feel connected to before. You know, my experience was I grew up in a large family. I could be surrounded by people and feel alone. I always felt alone, separate, different, um, wanting my share, wanting my peace. And this disease has totally changed that. You know, I don't feel separate. I don't feel alone. And my eye is not on what I can get in the situation, but truly on what I can give. And nothing could have brought me that lesson other than this disease. I don't think anything else in my life would have taught me that, would have made me so open to it. Um, because I was dying and I was suffering and I couldn't get over it. I couldn't figure it out. And so the hope is is that if you've tried everything else and nothing else is working for you, we hope that you'll give this a shot. You know, and um and when when I did, when I truly opened myself up to it, I instantly felt um a connection to people. You know, here I am on the line, seven thirty in the morning, there's people all around the world. Um, and I'm sharing my truth with them, and 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 I'm listening. I'm listening with a complete openness that I didn't have when I was sitting in the room with my own family, you know. But today I do because I learned it here. You know, I learned it here. I feel it here, and I get to practice it outside in the world. And and so truly, this this thing that was no respecter of man has been the greatest gift. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Katie, is it F or S? Hi, can you hear me? It's Katie S. Is in Sam. Good morning. Um, Thank you, Katie. Good morning. Thank you. So, um, Katie S. Recovered compulsive overeater, and I wanted to focus in on. Uh, Upon therapy for the alcoholic, we surely have no monopoly. And how being someone that 
the big book works for, that doing the steps, abstinence, all these things, or I, I take as just a given of that's what you do when you have this disease. Um, I can get really bent out of shape <laughs> when I see people doing other things that are, um, you know, if I think that they have the same thing as me or if I think that my way would work for them, I can really it, it just focus in on, you know, they're doing it wrong or, or, or get really stressed out about it. And the book's telling me here, like, we have no monopoly. And it reminds me of what's said on the bottom of page 18, where it's talked about an attitude of no holier than thou being what's most effective to to speak to other people. And um, that was when I, when I went through the steps, uh, you know, my sponsor wasn't coming at me like with this holier than thou attitude, you have this, you need to do this. It's just this open attitude of like, okay, like if I, this is what works for me. And if you think that you have what I do, then, you know, here it is and, and showing someone without forcing it down their throat. And um, it can, it's just, the attitude that is most effective and uh, uh, when those feelings come up in me um, it's an opportunity for me to look at my uh, controlling defects of character and thinking that I know better than God does on what's going to work for another person and there are people whether I like it or not there are people who uh, you know maybe they're happy joyous and free working a program of the tools and abstinence and that's that's what works for them it didn't work for me but that's my message only needs to be this this is what works for me thanks for letting me share thank you katie s so i just want to let everybody know in case you got on late where we are we're at the bottom of xx the second to the last paragraph, alcohol being no respecter of persons. And we finished out the chapter forward to second edition at the end of XXI. Is there anyone else who would like to share on these two paragraphs? I would. Nancy R. Nancy R. Who was after Nancy R? I, you sound so faint. I know someone's speaking, but I cannot hear you. Zen B, can you hear me now? Um, not well enough to catch your name. Zen B? Oh, Zen D for T. B for butterfly. B. Zen B, now I hear you, Zen. Thank you for your persistence. Anyone else after Nancy and Zen? Well, don't be shy because we are not going to go into the next section of the book. We're going to stay on these two paragraphs for the remainder of the morning. So, this is an opportunity for someone who might normally be shy to speak up and share. Kathy Kay. Here you are, Kathy Kay. Okay, well, let's go with Nancy R, Zen B, and Kathy Kay, and then we'll see what happens after that. 
Nancy R. Go right ahead. All right, thank you. Um, my name is Nancy Ara. I'm an indeed I am indeed a grateful recover compulsive overeater. Grateful to God and to the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous for offering me a way out of uh, a mire that had kept me enslaved for most of my life. I just want to speak to one phrase um, that grabbed me. I mean, I really I read this last night. I really thought about it. We are an accurate cross-section of America, and uh, I thought about that, and I have to say it has not been my experience, and most of very few meetings have I attended where I have uh, seen an accurate cross-section of of America, and where I live, um, and the majority of the time, I might see one other person that looks like me. Most of the time, there's a phrase that uh, we use in my community. I'm the only fly in the buttermilk. And um, at first, it used to, I used to be very uncomfortable when I first came in OA. Uh, but today, I you know, it doesn't matter. I'll go anywhere uh, because this is saving my life. But as I thought about it last night, you know, why aren't there more people who look like me in the rooms? Um, it just hit me. You know, what have I done? What have I done to spread the message in my community? Um, where I live, you know, where where I go, uh, I, I run into people like me, you know. But what what am I doing to spread the message? It, it's easy for me to to sit back and complain, but uh, I have a responsibility to carry the message. So you know, I've been asking my high power, show me what to do because people around, I mean, the the, the disease is rampant. I live in a small town now um, in Chicago where I've lived most of my life. There's only one meeting that I know of that is a cross-section of the America and it's a very, there's a lot of recovery. There's a lot of recovery. There's a meeting in Burbank, Illinois. People drive from all over the city to get there. And what do they do? They work the program as outlined in the big book. So you know, I'm just asking my higher power to show me what I can do where I am uh, to carry the message to everybody. Uh, I thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Zen B. Hi, my name is Zen B, a recovered compulsive operator for today, calling from London in the UK. Yes, Zen, we can hear you. Fantastic. Sorry about that. And uh, there's this expression saying that all those who have yet found no answer, that was me. I mean, I found no answer to my difficulty to live this life. And uh, people try to help me. Uh, I mean, I've been a bulimic since I'm 13. So I was a child, basically. And in eating disorder hospital in France, or many therapists, lovely people, did their best to help me. But none of them could answer my problem. None of them could tell me, you are a person who doesn't believe in a power greater than yourself. And this is why you keep on hitting this wall. The second thing is that the big book is is a way to begin to find a solution. And for me, the key word here is begin, because I have to work so 
hard. I mean, I do have the instruction, but now this is my my job to dig deeper and deeper, to do the step work daily, to come to this meeting, and so on. And my sponsors tells me, tells, told me, wow, you are a very willing sponsor, but if I don't do that, what else do I do? I cannot live life. I have no other ways. And lastly, it said, I wrote to a new freedom. And for me, the keyword is new. This big book opens the door to newness. I've never, I've never known that. My idea of freedom was totally different. I mean, to be super skinny was my way to be free. To get external validation was my way to be free, to make sense on this earth. Today, I'm free from my ego, just for today. And this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I'm led by a loving higher power. And this is a blessing with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Zenby. Kathy Kay. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater in Boston. Thank you, everyone, for your shares today. I'm focused in on that sentence, in all probability we shall never be able to uh, touch more than a fair fraction of the alcohol problem and all its ramifications. And it makes me think of... um, Two people, actually. One who I'll mention here is my nephew, who is um, obese and also has type 1 diabetes. And um, I also have type 1 diabetes, but I found a solution in the 12 steps. And um, every time I see him or talk to him, I try to be a power of example, and sometimes I get into trying to promote the 12-step way of life, and I know that's not a good thing. It, It doesn't work, and it leaves me feeling frustrated and perhaps him feeling annoyed or resentful. So, you know, it's really important to me to accept that it is that we do have a program of attraction and as Carlin and others have said all we can do is recover 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 uh and so i keep trudging this road um and i look for opportunities to help people who really want uh recovery and are open to the possibility of working the 12 steps I've had to accept that, it, um, you know, I can be available, I can make myself available, but I can't uh, create willingness in another person. And it's really important for me to remember that and um, to do the next right action based on guidance from my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Has anybody else decided they would like to share? I heard something M. Julie M. Julie M. Hi, Julie. Morris B. Anyone else? One sec. Morris B. 
Laura Z. <laughs> and something F or S? Lori S. Susan Sam. Is it Lori? Linda yes, R. Okay, before Linda R. Some a male voice, I think. I'm not sure. Sounded like Lori. Alexis H. Lori S. Lori S. Okay, we have more than enough now. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't think we'll even get to all of you, but let's see how it goes. Julie M. Hi, this is Julie M. in Netherlands, Colorado. Um, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. I'm focused on the line that says more than 15% of us are women. And in OA, it's somewhere around the reverse of that. I don't know what the statistics are, but um, I think in the beginning that was important for me when I first came into the rooms about five years ago um, because a lot of my the buildup of human emotions that caused me to go to the food have to do with abandonment by my father and sexual trauma as a child. And so it felt safe to be around women that were sharing. And um, now I'm in a place where I'm so grateful to hear the men that share on this line. And I'm so grateful to hear, you know, when men do come into the meetings, there are so few, and I always wonder what that's about. I wonder if um, if it affects women more or, or what's going on there. And I know for me, a big part of my disease has to do with my hatred of my body, my body dysmorphia. And it's so tied to issues with men that um, I, I sometimes wonder if, if there are other women that, that have that same struggle and if that's why more of us seem to be women, or if it's just that more women come to the meetings. So um, that's just really jumping out at me, and, and I guess I have more of a question about that, but I can find the answers. So thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Julie M. Maura Z. Good morning. This is Laurie S. from... California, and Maury, I am yes. grateful to have. Yeah, I am grateful I believe to there have was a Morris B who was before you. Let me just double okay. check on that. Is there a Morris E? Yes, Rebecca. It took me a minute to unmute. Okay, so um, Lori S will have you after Morris E. Go ahead, Morris E. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, Morris E. Recovered in Virginia. Oh, dear. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have yet have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the high road to a new freedom. So much in one little sentence. So much power. Our great hope. Our great hope was passed on to me. Your great hope was passed on to me when I first entered the rooms of OA. Those rooms look very different from the rooms I go to today, but it was still the message that there is a solution, that I didn't have to live in the food anymore, that that didn't have to be my only reaction to life, that 
I could actually live among people and not just miserably exist, that I could learn and I could grow. Hope is a magical word. And for anyone who's out there this morning, face down in the food as I was, hold on to that one little word and know, please know, that each of us can recover from this insidious disease. It just requires hope and effort. I'm not going to lie. It takes a great deal of effort. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it because the life I have today resembles none at all the life I had before. I have a life today because of these 12 steps. These 12 steps are absolutely divinely given and received. And I am just so filled with gratitude this morning. Please join us on the high road to new freedom. And it will be a life beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you, Rebecca. With that, I pass. Thank you, Morrissey. Lori S., and I'm sorry I thought you were a male and that I couldn't catch your name. It's your turn. This is Lori S. from Northern California, and it's my first time here to call in. I am so grateful for a vision for you, and thank you for your service, everyone. Uh, The fellowship gives me such hope and as we join together uh, I am just discovering more and more new things as a recovering compulsive overeater and I am just wanting to say that I am so grateful for everyone's shares and as we put this village together may our village grow and spread with that I pass thank you Lori S welcome Linda R Good morning. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service. This is Linda R. Recovered from Florida, South Florida. Um, you know, the big book of AA, you know, I've been, I have it in my hand right now. It is such a spiritual guide for me on a daily basis. And I've been really reading it for many, many years. However, the last few years, as I recovered in the program, the integration of really what I'm learning has really been put into practice. And as we hear every day, you know, steps 10, 11, and 12, my daily practice in order to really sustain this and keep it going. But I also want to talk about the spiral effect and how we must be an attraction, not a promotion. You know, I am, I go to two places. I live in two places. I'm very fortunate. And, you know, I really, um, I'm really keeping my anonymity in a lot of these places because I really socialize with a lot of, I call them civilians. And I really practice my program, get a lot of questions, but the truth is that no matter, you know, where I go, the people out there that are still, you know, using food, they really don't want the program. And I'm not the one that's supposed to be pushing it down their throat. So I look at it as, um, as I said, a spiral effect and really like, it just goes, it ripples, you know, as I recovered and really worked the program and be an attraction, not a promotion, sometimes, you know, I might get someone call me or 
you know, maybe ask me questions, and then I'm really there to want to do step 12 and really do service out there. So really, there's nothing more that I can do, as everyone's saying, except to work my program and be an example. And the other thing that I have experienced in the program with, you know, sharing the message is that, you know, it's a numbers game. You know, there are many times like I sponsor people and then they leave, you know, and go other places and go out and do their experimentation. And then they come back. And I just keep praying. And, you know, I do believe this is a numbers game statistically. You know, we'll win some, we'll lose some. But just have to keep being out in the community and, you know, working our program and just, as I said three times already, be an attraction, not a promotion. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Linda R. Alexis, I didn't catch your last initial. H. H. Welcome. Hi, um, this is Alexis H. in Michigan, a recovered compulsive eater. And um, I just wanted to share on, there's the one sentence that talks about upon therapy of the alcoholic, we surely have no monopoly. Because um, when I first started to work on recovery, um, I don't know if it was just pure excitement or or what, but I definitely, like, I thought that getting abstinent through working the steps in the big book was, like, the way to go. And um, I don't know if I was, like, pushy about it, but I definitely, like, you know, I thought that was, that was the way to, the road to recovery. And um, I've really had to learn that, like, wanting other people to do things my way stems from insecurity and that when I have faith in my higher power and have faith that like, you know, the road that I'm walking is adequate and it's good enough and it's what I need to do for myself to live a free life, when I can just accept that, then I can respect other people's paths because there are definitely, you know, people out there that they find other ways to recover and, um, you know, more power to them. The more recovered people, the better. So uh, I just, I don't know, need to remember that, like, the path that I'm walking is okay for me, and that's good enough. So thank you for listening, and I'm grateful to be on the line this morning, grateful for other people who shared. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you, Alexis H. This is Rebecca F., and with a minute or so to go, I'll take a turn. And I'm a compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Very grateful to be on the line and to be um, abstinent and recovered. Um, I looked up the word respecter, and I found that it means uh, that uh, alcohol, or in our case, compulsive overeating and food, treat all people the same way. It doesn't uh, treat people according to rank, status, or importance. So it can affect any and all of us, regardless of how important we think we are. <laughs> and um, come to find out that the words uh, God being no respecter of persons is in the New Testament and that it means that God is impartial. So I I thought that was interesting. I know that a number of references in this book do come from the Bible, and I think that Bill was um, using that one here. Um, and it's kind of funny considering he was a non-believer at one time. So um, 
that I found interesting. And then I am looking at this evening up process. And I do believe that working this program is teaching me to even up with others instead of thinking that I'm better than others. And I didn't realize that I thought I was better than others until I did this work. But, um, you know, it, these steps have shown me about my ego and uh, is, are working on making me right-sized. And our membership is pyramiding, reminds me of this meeting, A Vision for You. I don't know what the percentages are, but I do believe that our membership is pyramiding because we are studying the original text and applying it to ourselves as addicts. And um, since I'm out of time, I'll pass with that. And that um, brings us to the end of our meeting. Wait a minute. Here we're going to close. So I want to thank everyone who joined in, who um, volunteered to do service, and um, Nancy, uh, I'm sorry, Lynn S., we didn't have a chance to benefit from your participation, but we appreciate you being in the wings. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.